0: But I hate when I feel like
1: this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast Going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind And bringing them to light Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings If you ever have thoughts of suicide Please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255 Hey, everybody. Welcome to Erotica. My name's Cody, here once again with my co-host, Bobby. How are you doing, Bobby?
0: I'm doing pretty good, Cody. What about you?
1: Doing pretty good. We're in the middle here of Labor Day weekend. We're two days in here. um, Had some fun events. Uh, Bobby, you had a wedding on Friday, I believe, and uh, had a good time.
0: I did. Um, It was a kid that I was friends with in high school and the beginning of college. um, Sort of fell out of touch, as happens, you know, when your friends go to different schools sometimes. And... His parents were best friends with my parents since they were like in high school, like 14, 15 years old. Uh, her mom, his mom used to always tell a story about my mom pushing her into the bay while she was fully clothed when they were like <laughs> 16 years old in Seattle. Um, so my parents were there and all their friends were there. And something that I think will sort of make me make more sense to anyone that's ever been to... Adobe with me or a wedding or a concert, anything like that, is um the band was playing shout as bands are wont to do at weddings. And all of a sudden, all my friends from high school are like, Bobby, is that your dad over there? And I'm like, what? And I look over and their table is sort of in the corner. And I just see my dad standing on a chair dancing with the table centerpiece. He's like <laughs> lifting it up and down as the band implores us to shout and get and there, a little bit and there's louder visual
1: now. of this. We should post that to the account maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, we'll put up the picture of it.
1: <laughs> which is so funny to me because when I think of weddings and like thinking about my dad, my dad's the guy who like tries to get away with wearing a mustard button-down shirt to somebody's <laughs> wedding with jeans and we're always like, you can't do that. No. And then I think he's trying to do that at funerals too. So we have much different experiences with our family stuff. But no, it's been a fun weekend. Last night I did a little... Um, friend dinner thing, and then you and I hung out, but you know, we're in the middle of Labor Day weekend, but um, I think one thing obviously people are looking forward to, obviously summer's coming to an end, Labor Day is kind of like that last weekend, people are looking forward to what's coming next, football, next week football starts. We're not a sports podcast, we don't have any interest in talking about sports generally, but something happened that kind of rocked the whole sports world that we realized we need to discuss today, and that's the retirement of Andrew Locke. If you have no context of who Andrew Luck is, he was a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. He was coming out of college considered to be, like, a prodigy. Maybe could be the best quarterback of all time.
0: Transcendent talent.
1: Yeah, and he was replacing Peyton Manning, who was the only guy to ever deliver them a Super Bowl, like, in the modern era. Because, I mean, I know they had some back when guys' names were, like... Johnny
0: Unitas. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, shit like that. He was, like, the only one to deliver them Super Bowl in the modern era. Like, Peyton made the, you know, Pro Bowl every single year, delivered them to promised land, had an injury, and then, you know, they, they fell into the number one pick because of the injury. They decided to move on from Peyton. They get this kid, Andrew Luck, and people were literally like, he might be better than Peyton. So, Andrew Luck comes in to the league. He plays amazing. He, he was as advertised. Problem was, Andrew Luck became very injury-prone. Um, yeah, he but- played
0: the Colts always had a really bad offensive line. And so he was just taking a ton of punishment. And even though the NFL rule has changed the rules to protect quarterbacks more um, in the last decade or so, there's only so many hits that you can take, even if the hits are not as hard or um, as likely to lead to injury as they used to be.
1: Yeah, he just was just the most hit guy, even though he was so good. And there's actually like this funny like video you can watch where like he throws people off because anybody tackles them. He always says, like good job. He's like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Like he compliments like the opponent me, like, Good rush, good rush, you got me. <laughs> like and he's just like the nicest guy ever. But um the Colts are playing, I believe, their third or fourth preseason game, and if you don't know what preseason is, it's just their exhibition to decide Who are the guys that are good and who's bad? And out of nowhere... The
0: preseason is a way for teams to fuck their season ticket holders out of more money.
1: Basically. Um, But in the middle of that game, you know, me and Bobby would never watch that game. There's there's no reason. It's awful. Preseason sucks so much and me and Bobby would never watch a Colts game.
0: Even like the first five weeks of the NFL regular season suck ass, actually.
1: (laughs) So there's no reason me and Bobby would ever watch a Colts game. So we had no context of what could have possibly been happening on the field or anything like that and out of nowhere a tweet comes out by adam Schefter. if you're not an nfl person adam Schefter is the guy who breaks every piece of news first if you're like a basketball person he's the woge of the nfl and he just comes out of nowhere and says andrew luck has retired from the nfl
0: yeah i would say that most people probably saw that tweet i Schefter has me blocked because i think i called him short once (laughs) Um, but i think most people who saw that tweet probably thought um it was a a parody account or something yeah. like that like it wasn't actually Adam Schefter because that is that was a wild um thing to come out in the middle of the preseason the Colts last year um had an amazing draft they got a couple all NFL guys in the draft uh and they're all NFL as rookies which means they're some of the best players in the league and they were i mean they were Super Bowl contenders they had a, a chance to win it all if Everyone stayed healthy and things broke right. And all of a sudden they're losing, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Yeah, who is also the age of 29, which for an NFL quarterback is like peak age. Yeah. So the question is, how did we get here and why is Neurotica talking about it? Well, he leaves the field and what's happening is his whole home crowd is booing him because they just found out something that was going around the stadium via tweet that apparently the Colts had known for two weeks. Mm. I just found that out last night. The Colts had known for two weeks and kept it completely under wrap that Andrew Luck had already informed them that he was going to retire. So during that preseason game, he was out there like supporting his teammates, and everybody loves him on the team still, from what I can tell, and kind of supports his decision from what I've read. But literally a whole stadium of people at this preseason game are getting alert to find out that their star quarterback is retiring as he's just standing on the sideline and the whole stadium erupted into a big boo and he had to, like... I don't know if it was, like, the end of the game or if he was just like, I need to get the fuck out of here, but
0: there's a video
1: of Andrew Luck walking out of the stadium, you know, being booed by a whole, like, stadium of people and I don't think what they did was right. I think Andrew Luck doesn't owe them anything. I think the Colts have screwed over Andrew Luck by not protecting him. But it was really interesting when he... Like afterwards, they were like, we're going to hold a press conference. And he's giving this press conference. And he basically is saying, I'm not like we just told you, he's had a lot of injury history. He said, I'm not retiring because I'm so injured. I can't play. I can play. I'm retiring because I can't keep doing the rehab. I can't keep getting injured. I can't keep, you know, like hurting myself and then go to rehab process. He said he felt stuck in a cycle. He was describing things that had nothing to do with football. And he basically was crying and he said, you know, this is the sport I love. And Andrew Luck, like, he loves football. Like, you could tell that coming out. He basically said, the only way I can, you know, get out of this hellscape is if I basically walk away from football. And what I, like, made me click is, you know, this is one of the, if not the biggest mental health decision we've ever seen in sports and i don't think people realize that
0: yeah i mean you i've read that from other athletes um just as they get older the issue isn't necessarily necessarily their physical health as much as it is not feeling as though they're up to you know working out every single day in the summer like i can't even go to the fucking gym three times a week for more than a month. Yeah, like I can't, I can't even imagine the the amount of you know, working out and labor that those guys have to put in, in the off season.
1: Yeah, and even if you say like, oh, well they get paid to do that, it's like yeah, but then you have to eat like the shittiest meals because you have to stay within a certain diet, and you do that for, you know, however long your career lasts. And in the NFL, I think the average career is like less than four years, which is funny because if you get drafted, you're guaranteed a four year contract. Like, so even guys who are like. Yeah, but you, but they're well you, nobody's like everything in the NFL is non-guaranteed too where they can fuck you over for the most part. Yeah, their
0: their labor union is fucking horrible. Yeah,
1: we're not going to get into that right now, but he's not the first person to even retire because of concerns of, you know, health. There was guys that um particularly the 49ers had like I think they had like three guys in one season that retired because of yeah. like they just felt like their brains were going. They knew CT was coming or whatever injuries, and they were young guys that were yeah. going to be like stars in the league. And they said, I'm walking away f- for my own safety. You know, me is more important than football. There was a bizarre story where one player just like retired mid game because he was just like, he was on a shit team. He knew he had no more years left in him. And he's like, I'm not just going to sit through losses for the rest of my life. Like,
0: yeah. I think and, the highest profile guy on the out of those 49ers players was Patrick Willis, who was considered the best middle linebacker in football, and I think he was also 29 years old.
1: Yeah, so there was a lot of, like, you know, finally players saying, I need to do this for me, and it's obviously the most common in football because, you know, basketball, nobody's getting, like, brain injuries on such a frequent level. Like, basketball, the worst, you know, injuries usually, like, a sprained ankle to torn ACL, which keeps you out, but those are more injuries that, like, Yeah, they fucking suck and keep you out for a while, but it doesn't mess with your head. It's just you have to decide, do I want to rehab this leg?
0: Basically, any basketball injury besides an Achilles tear can be completely healed at this point.
1: Yeah, like, Achilles is the Achilles. Like, that's the only thing in in football, or basketball, like, football, like, you could ruin something in you, like, forever. I don't even know how many times i watch watched, like, a football at late game, and they go into the commentary booth, and there's some commentator. It's usually like I think like Gus Johnson or like or Moose or whatever they fuck call him. But there's also like uh, Baldinger. It's guys wearing Super Bowl rings where one of their fingers is just bent in a completely wrong direction.
0: Oh yeah. Disgusting. And you're just like
1: you're looking at just people who leave these leagues just completely destroyed. And then you have people like um, Junior Seau is one of my you know favorite players of all time. He killed himself. And then he said, "Somebody study my brain and what they found out. Yeah, I think
0: he shot himself in the heart on purpose. Yeah, he shot himself in
1: the heart on purpose so that his brain would be preserved, so they could, you know, examine it. And what they found out was he had CTE pretty bad. And people started to look into it. And the NFL is obviously trying to suppress that kind of information because that means you don't want to put, you know, your kids into football. That you know the future pool of football is lower. And people are really talking about the." the future of football in general and we're starting to get a question of mentally is football viable
0: yeah they've already made fundamental changes to the way the game is played like i said um they're protecting quarterbacks more um helmet to helmet hits are illegal i mean within our easy like memory fit 10 15 years ago there were shows uh on like NFL Live, where they just did jacked up, and they showed the biggest hits, and they were yeah. all th- probably most of those hits would be illegal now, and they were like gleefully shouting about like one more higher percentage chance that this guy gets CTE now because he just got fucking smoked in the head. Yeah, and like and every Eagles
1: v- fan you talk to is like, "What's your favorite, you know, like big Eagles playoff moment?" They like someone will say a Super Bowl, but I actually know a lot of people like. The time Sheldon Brown like laid out Reggie Bush. And I'm like, we lost that game, yeah. dude. Like, That's what you care about? Or Brian Dawkins when he dove. And it's like, we love those players. We used to love that violence. But this sport is starting to become a real drain on people. And there was even questions this week about like a player came out as bisexual. And there was like, talk about our gay players being blackballed. And there wasn't enough information to really know if that was true or not. Because nobody really came out. And the whole league is just kind of like standing on some really shaky ground. I mean, they're not strong on domestic abuse at all. No. You know, we've seen, we saw Ray Rice punch out his fiance on video and she was gone. Cream Hunt is on a roster. He's suspended for a little bit. Tyreek Hill um, broke his child's arm. Audio, not a single suspension. He is on the roster. He is fine. Like, this is not a league of good people and good things.
0: No, it's...
1: A- and Andrew Luck is the... One guy who was, like, actually, like, one of the good people in the league, and he said, "I, he's holding back tears, saying, I can't do this anymore, like, I want to play football, but I'm not playing football. And a whole stadium booed him. And, you know, I get it. Eagles fans, we get so much shit. We're going to hear about snowballs at Santa for the rest of our lives. Eagles fans probably would have booed, too, if Carson Wentz, like, retired, like, mid-preseason game. I don't even really want to get into the fan thing too much because I think that's just like a visceral reaction of just like, Oh shit, what's just happened to us. And that's like Mm -hmm. mental on them. And, you know, fandom is just insane in general. Yeah. But like for Andrew Luck, like to finally somebody just say like, we've been told as football players, we grind it out. We play through all this. And then him saying like, I just don't want to have to, you know, see this play out one more time. It was just, it was just so weirdly inspiring, but at the same time, just heartbreaking that a man that you could tell probably loved the NFL more than any one of his teammates was walking away and people were calling him soft.
0: Yeah. The, there's a really funny dichotomy in the NFL between, um, accountability for things like domestic abuse and like, accountability like to your teammates like i I bet that every single high school football team that just got back from you know three-day camp uh last week or whatever i'll bet they had their coach talk to them four or five times about accountability and um you know playing together and playing for the guys on either side of you and then you get to the nfl and they're just like they'll they'll sweep absolutely anything under the rug to yeah. to keep, like, away from controversy, basically.
1: Yeah, and there's a constant battle back and forth of NFL's trying to suppress CTE research. There's CTE research coming out. There's Emmanuel Acho, who was a former linebacker of the Eagles, tried to illuminate a little bit more what it's like um, when your coaching staff has an incompetent, you know, like, um, injury-like reserve system or faking injuries just so you can't be cut because, like... Basically, NFL teams can all summer promise you, yeah, you're going to stay on the roster, you're going to stay on the roster, and then cut day comes, and you're just out of a job, and it's too late for you. So guys fake injuries, so they can't get cut. Like, there's a lot of back and forth, and you're just...
0: It's a good life know. hack.
1: Yeah, and but we're all, like, watching this, and we're just like, ooh, that's interesting, but, like, mentally, this is fucked.
0: If my company's ever... Doing layoffs in the coming recession, I'm definitely going to pretend that I have cancer. Yeah,
1: like, but that's, it sucks that you would have to do that. And it's just getting to the point now where, you know, more players, like, Kevin Love came out, and he was the big one, I guess it was about a year or two now, to come out and finally say, like, I had an anxiety attack, and then finally saw a specialist, and we deal with this, and other people that have... um, you know, come out and say, yeah, I deal with anxiety, like, mental health is start to, like, actually go through, and then Brian Dawkins, one of my biggest heroes of all time, like, I have his jersey, love him, he was talking about depression, and, like, he was having suicidal thoughts, and I was, like, you mean to tell me the guy that, like, I always looked up to as a kid, he's, like, the strongest guy, the guy I was hitting the hardest, was, like, really doubting himself, thinking, this world ain't for me, like, and now we're talking about mental health as, like, yeah, these are people too, but we never seen somebody on a podium in our generation cry like that. Like, we missed, like, Jordan retiring and Magic Johnson's, you know, obviously famous press conference where he, you know, announced that he has AIDS and he can't play anymore. HIV. Okay, yeah, he had HIV at the time. Um, I think it's still HIV. Yeah, because he uh, cured it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He definitely doesn't have it anymore.
1: (laughs) Um, But, like, it was just... It was one of the first times I remember like in sports where I was like, oh man, that's going to be one of those things where we're all going to remember it and say things changed the day that happened. And hope my so. bigger concern is I might be
0: wrong. Yeah, I mean, people don't want things to change. Um, yeah. One do, one thing I want to go back to real quick is you mentioned uh, Brian Dawkins talking about having you know suicidal thoughts and how he was this guy that you looked up to and um, big, strong, like the synonymous with Philadelphia Eagles football, basically, um, at least in this era. And I, I felt the same way, uh, not too long ago when I learned uh, the same thing about Bruce Springsteen. Um, and I, I thought that was just as surprising because you don't, there's, there's darkness in his music and, you know, his most famous or second most famous album, Born to Run is sort of about this desperation of like this is this is my last chance to make it and you that is both true of when he was making the album and of a lot of the characters in the songs um, you hear the desperation of getting out of the little town in New Jersey or whatever which is like
1: that's a, that's a real like thing I've talked about in therapy too is just that anxiety of like I always need to be running because if I stop it, the dream dies and then I die yeah like that's basically I like I remember, you know, back in high school when I was brooding and, like, making bad poetry. Like, just as an attempt, I only wrote one verse that I liked ever. And the first, like, two lines I think are cheesy. But then the second two lines, I'm like, that's exactly how my life is. And I said, the first two lines are, um, or maybe it's one, I don't know. I said, uh, the mindset is go, but the body resists, which is cheesy. And then I said, if the dream dies now he dies with it and like that's how i always felt as a kid i was like when my dreams die i'm going to die so i have to keep running to get to those dreams i have to outrun my demons so i can get to my dreams and i didn't know springsteen even had that kind of level and we talked about it a little bit before cuz i mean you wrote a great article about you know death on the timeline which is one of my favorite classes boring or even articles that i've ever read online it also we we plug bobby's classes boring blog but i think Honestly, go back in time a little bit into his blog and click on the one that says um, Death in the Timeline. He did an amazing job of talking about the deaths of Bourdain, and I think Kate Spade was right around that time.
0: Uh, um, the the two I was contrasting were Anthony Bourdain and XXX Tentasian.
1: Sure, yeah. So that's what that article was contrasting, but just talking about how, like... I
0: hate saying that fucking name out loud. Don't ever again.
1: Um, but, you know, we just, like... And I had a much different feeling of when I was like seeing deaths of like people that I admire or not admired, where I talk about like a Bourdain where like I knew who he was and I knew like what he meant in his world. And then a Chris Cornell who I liked or a Chester Bennington who i liked and like listened to their stuff and identified with. And it, it shattered this glass for me where I was like, yeah, I'll find my purpose and then life will work and nothing will be you know wrong again. And then watching people at the top of their top, Kill themselves scared the shit out of me yeah so when you watch andrew luck walk away from what he is doing like this thing that he loves for his mental health i don't think people got what was going on because they were just like it's football we have just always played through why are you like being a baby about it you're a football player you knew what you signed up for they gave you a big contract like what are you like being such a baby about and the reality is He's a fucking human being. If he wants to leave, he can leave. If they make him play, you know what they call that? Slavery. And you know what? That's not a joke that I'm making right now. Because when the Eagles suspended Terrell Owens for the entire season, there was a legal case. And they said that the Eagles cannot force Terrell Owens to play because it would be slavery. And they had every right to not play him. Because it was just the exact same way. It's like they had the right on their side he had the right on his side where nobody has to do anything, like nobody owes each other anything money wise in the contract. Yeah, but like you just can't force somebody to show up and do a job that is considered slavery under the actual federal law. Oh, I yeah. didn't.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: people don't realize that. And th- and another funny thing is that Terrell Owens case, and I wanted to bring it up just for a second because there is another interesting thing in that is that T.O. got suspended for like, basically, you know, detrimental to the team kind of thing, but basically, he wanted the contract, he was fighting with the QB, he was, like, being loud, he was in a parking lot, or his own, you know, um, yeah, driveway. Yeah, I forgot doing... about that. Until yeah, he's in his now. own driveway doing sit-ups. And, like, we hated T.O. at the time, because we are like, you big dick, but, I mean, now we kind of, like, I think all Philadelphia's on T.O.'s side, realizing that McNabb's actually, like, a snake and an asshole, but, yeah. like...
0: Well, we've also become, uh, you know, a lot more player friendly because we understand that it's not them being selfish really it's them trying to get what they're worth from the billionaires who get like a don't they get like a religious organization tax break
1: i no, well they're not considered um part of like any kind of government entity either like they're their own like company too so they're, they've just got a lot of, like, structural things that, like, their laws sometimes supersede our laws. Like, if you get into a fight in a football game, which you've seen, or a baseball game or something, if you hit somebody, that's assault. But basically in sports, they're, like, they supersede that. They it's I think it's in the CBA that basically says if there's some kind of altercation within a game, it will not be subject to legal, you know... Dispute in as you signing into this league, you agree to that, like
0: right. But I, th- I feel I think the NFL gets some kind of tax break. That they they probably do
1: because they're um you know they have a collective bargaining agreement. They're unionized and they're like this special entity. I do think they get some kind of tax break. And considering our country, they probably you know fought to get some kind of religious thing. And we were like, yeah, football, we love football. But yeah, getting back to the TO thing. T.O. was... um, They went to an arbitrator because T.O. was arguing that his First Amendment rights were being uh, restricted. And then, basically, that was his argument, was saying, like, they suspended me because of the things I said, and they can't do that. And then the Eagles were like, we told you to play under your contract, which you didn't do, so we suspended you for that. And then what came out of it is that they learned two things in that case, and it was landmark. One... TO's First Amendment rights do not matter because the Philadelphia Eagles are a private organization that are not subjected to um, any kind of amendments, which people are dumbasses do not realize. You cannot say anything you want at your job and then claim free speech that only applies to fucking public entities, you dumb shits. Um, And then two, you can't make somebody do something just because you signed a contract because that is actually slavery good to know yeah so that was just a little i know that was a tangent but that's actually just one thing i learned in labor relations that's actually like really interesting but that talks a lot to what the mental like fight between owners and players are all the time they have a cba that they renegotiate and every single time it comes up there seems to be fighting and people are like these players make millions of dollars why can't they be more grateful it's like because they're generating billions
0: of dollars. Yeah, because the owners get billions, Like,
1: Yeah, like, why are you taking this side? And it's, I, we could get in a whole thing with, like, elections of just, like, whenever, you know, like, a billionaire is like, yeah, I'm trying to fix the economy, that's why we need tax cuts for the wealthy, and then a bunch of, like, people who are, like, in a fucking industrial job are like, yeah, trickle down, and you're like, no, you idiot, like, but, um, yeah, just this, to see all of these things now and really think, like, holy shit, like, you know we're watching sports now realizing these are people nothing is off the table anymore and there was a lot there's always tragedy in sports I mean Tyler Skaggs is a pitcher from the Angels who just recently died and that was a really an emotional thing and it's like he was dealing with some injuries and I I don't want to say anything because I read a little bit but like I think it might have been because of the drugs that were just related to his injury like led to either an accidental overdose or maybe he was, like, abusing them, but... I think it
0: was a similar thing to Prince and Tom Petty.
1: Yeah, so in the end, he ended up choking on his vomit, but I think he, like, accidentally put himself into, like, a stupor or something so that he, like, passed out and vomited or something, you know? Like, and there's no way to say he meant to do that or he just, like, accidentally mixed pills because he, you know, was approved with them because of his injury. But, like, those are the things... is that guy was willing to take the drugs he needed just so he could go play the sport, and he's dead, and it's heartbreaking. Like, his teammates all wore his jersey, and, they like, the game that they were honoring him, like, they all put his jersey on the mound, and, like, I'm kind of crying right now a little bit. Yeah, that fucked me up. And it's starting to get more and more that when I watch sports, like... I love players so much more. I, I care so little about what's happening with, like, the games a lot of times these days that, like, people who know me when they, we talk sports, like, they know, and me and Bobby talk about this, me and Bobby cannot talk X's and O's. We can tell you about Sixers, NBA all day, but not a single one of us can tell you who's effective at pick and roll, why. Like, we have a general idea who's good pick and roll, but yeah. we couldn't tell you why, We couldn't tell you who's efficient from some things. We just have this very good beat on contracts value players and stuff and the more we look into what we're watching we're realizing our own mental health through sports we've talked about in the podcast before but like we're now realizing we're not just watching teams like me and Bobby are watching players and we're we're much more in tune and then when you watch an Andrew Luck retire there's a bunch of people like how could you do that to your teammates and me and Bobby were more like oh my god I can't believe he actually did it but good form. Like, you know,
0: Uh, I was um, listening to a podcast getting really mad as I do. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Uh, Bill Simmons was talking about this Andrew Luck thing and, uh, you know, it's probably a generational thing, but he was like basically saying that these millennials are like way too player friendly. And he was like doing a bit where he was like, ah, yeah, I just want whatever is best for Andrew Luck. And I was like, no, that, that's actually good. Like, yeah. that's how you should be thinking. He's like, people are afraid to say that he, uh, screwed over the Colts. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm I'm not afraid to say that. The Colts are definitely screwed by him not being yeah. on the team anymore, but like, he's not some villain. He's trying to not be the next junior Seau. Like,
1: yeah. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not even going to say he's screwed over the Colts. I'm going to say the Colts are screwed. Yes. But that's just life. you know, it's like, it's, it's like the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, You drafted Andrew Luck. You didn't know what he would be. He could have busted out of the league just the same, and you would have just been like, he's a giant bust. You're mad at him because he had all this potential that you didn't get to see, but he was breaking down on the inside. He doesn't owe you that. And just the same way the Colts didn't owe him a perfect O-line that would have kept him from all these injuries, but they fucking made their own bed, and now they're sleeping in it. They killed Mm -hmm. the best quarterback they possibly ever could have had, and I'm willing to say that because Peyton Manning's a little bitch, and I hate him. But that's a different story for a different day.
0: True. Just the the stones that it takes to say that it's bad to empathize with a player. Yeah. Like, are you fucking? How? How? <laughs> how do you like? Open your mouth and fucking say that, and you can take yourself seriously. Like, you he watched a video game. Yeah. Like, watch a Madden simulation if you want to watch something with people that don't have feelings and future health problems and families. Yeah. Like, the, To say that it's bad that we say good, f- good for Andrew Luck for retiring. He got his money and now he has a full life ahead of him. Like, f- fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> it's then, unbelievable to me.
1: And then I was even getting super angry when people were talking about like, wow, players have all the power in basketball now. It doesn't matter what team you sign a contract with. You can just force your way out. Yeah, you can go to ownership at any point. Players are getting more power than they ever had. You know how much players have been like treated like slaves throughout the decades? Like so to be a little bit of a that college pretentious asshole, I did take a class when I was in sport management called um, labor relations and sports, which was my favorite class
0: ever. Yeah. You were just talking about that with the T.O.
1: Yeah. And that was, um, you know, one incident, like of a case that we specifically studied, but we also studied the structure of every single like league, how they came to be. And the um, MLB actually had like a landmark case where they were basically told they were creating indentured uh, servitude. Like they were like a, ju- a federal judge said to them basically like you guys are restricting people's free movement so much and then you want to talk about blackballing you know people were worried this off season like oh are people like not willing to pay all this money to re- like set the salaries to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado it was proven in court that MLB owners actually did this once players that were good went unsigned. Because they were asking for enough money that they decided that player is no longer a part of the MLB until they yeah. changed their demands.
0: Yeah, they're just um, they're just smarter about it now. Yeah, and that's the way that um, a lot of stuff is now. Uh, conservative politicians, in particular, they sort of co-opt the language of um, you know people that actually want better for people, and they name things using that language in order to spin it so that it's not as plainly evil when you look at it but or,
1: or it's like it's always worked this way why are you saying we have to change it now like and, it, and we kind of had a conversation about it last night that i know this is complete tangent when you like talk about like slurs that were like things that we might have said in like high school that we would never say now obviously we weren't even to the n-word we were talking a little bit more like the lower ones like the r word where you know if somebody has mental disabilities we don't want to say that anymore but if, like as teenagers we would say that and we didn't consider the fact that just because no one was speaking up at the time that wasn't hurting people and now we're doing the same things with sports where it's like this is how it's always been it's been fine it's like you know maybe now people are just saying hey i don't have to do this like andrew luck said yeah, I have a contract with the Colts, and I might forfeit some money, but I don't have to do this to myself, and I don't want to anymore, so I think I'm going to go home and feel better and yeah, it's
0: not that, fix it. Yeah, it's like, not that people are more sensitive nowadays, yeah. it's that people are more willing to speak out about... Yeah,
1: it's empowerment, not sensitivity. Yeah. Like, And that's what always makes me laugh, is when any time somebody calls me a snowflake, is because it's like, I'm yelling at you for your opinion, and you called me a snowflake, I'm literally fighting you. <laughs> like, how can I be a snowflake when I'm directly confronting you? Yeah,
0: and but that's in our story too. Everyone's a hypocrite. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, At, the people that make fun of snowflakes are the first to get offended. Obviously, I mean, bit, this is not original, but to get super pissed off about Colin Kaepernick or something like that. Yeah, like, you're just you're just as sensitive as anyone else. You just and we are the same way. Like, we're all as sensitive as each other, but we just think that we're right yeah and so we think that we have a right to get upset and they don't
1: yeah and the only thing that's really i
0: i I am right so bobby's right so
1: that's that we know that much but like so
0: that's not really an issue for me but i'm i'm just saying that is how they feel as well even though they're wrong
1: apparently somehow bobby activated an alexa that was in a different room even though he's sitting next to one which is really funny um i wonder if this one's gonna go off now. uh (laughs) But, like, yeah, there was just, like, a lot of things that, like, we're seeing now where it's obviously a generational gap that, you know, the generation before them did the same thing, though, where they were like, oh, we had the Great Depression, and then we had, you know, World War Two, and then we had Vietnam, and then we went to school, walked up the hill both ways in the snow, and then it's always this thing where, like, the generation before is like, this is how it always worked. Why are you guys, you know, so concerned with changing it? And the answer is... This didn't work. This fucking sucked. Like, we're now just changing it because we want to grow, and people are, you know, stuck in their ways. They don't want to grow, so.
0: The weird thing about the American dream, um, the way that I always understood the American dream was that you have an opportunity to make life better for your kids than it was for you, and then an offshoot of that seems to be that when life is better for the next generation, you get really pissed off about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I legitimately, like, even as a progressive and having someone in this conversation, I still sometimes get in the mindset of, like, I need to suffer more to accomplish more. Like, legitimately saying, I need to I need to tie my suffering to my success. And I need to, like, and that's what happens. People work 70, 80 hours a week because they decide this is what I have to do and I'm not going to be the, like, there's, I know people who are millennials that are, like, Working their ass off just so nobody can say, "Oh, you're a lazy millennial," so they can get their promotion that nobody wants to give them because they're millennials. Like, that's fucking weird. That you're like trying to double work people who are double your age, and then still being told you're lazy because you happen to just be younger. Yeah, it's it's shitty. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, it's like it's similar to like the classic, you know, conservative that's like not doesn't have a lot of money voting against or voting for like tax cuts for the rich. Yeah. It's like they, they have more empathy for people in the position that they want to be in because in some part of their mind, they imagine that they will be there somewhere than they have with literally the person that they are.
1: Yeah. Or they think like, you know, tax cut, that's how the economy should work. So economy will get better. Things will get better for me. And then you like sit back and you're like, that, that was the thing that always got me really annoyed. And again, I know this is way off sports. It's like when I would talk to somebody and I'd be like, well, what's going on with you? And it'd be people that like when the economy was really bad and nobody like really had, you know, a lot going for them. But I knew people who weren't laid off that were in the same house they were and they were in the exact same position. And I would like, you know, have conversations with them. And they would say stuff like, well, it's bad for everybody out here right now. And I'm like, Yeah, but some people got screwed more than other people. Like, you don't just get to say it's just bad out here. That's not a, like, good excuse. It's you always have to push to get better, you know? And that's what I always get issues with, with, um, you know, talking to certain boomers who are just like, well, this is the way it always used to be. And then I'm like, but we're trying to change that so it's better. (laughs) Like, um, but, yeah, so we we talked a lot about Andrew Luck. I do want to make This conversation a little bit lighter I want to talk about a little bit something a little bit funnier to me because um uh, one more recent thing that happened in uh Philadelphia sports uh lore is well this isn't Philadelphia sports but at this point a lot of people have probably heard about Angry Bagel Guy this man deserves none of our conversation and I'm not going to give it to him so fuck Angry Bagel Guy um he's in a boxing match with Lenny Dykstra Lenny Dykstra used to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think he also used to play for one of our rivals, like the Mets or Braves or something like that.
0: Yeah, he was in Moneyball because he played uh, in the minor leagues with Billy Bean.
1: Yeah, so, like, Lenny Dykstra is legitimately insane. And people were watching this press conference for this boxing match, and it's, like, Lenny looks terrible because he's not taking care of himself. He, he, He once recorded a video and tagged a bunch of, like, old teammates and, like, reporters where he was, like, nails, like, the ceiling or something. He just had a bunch of nails in his mouth. He was on a ladder on a ceiling like he was doing construction work, but he clearly wasn't doing anything. And he just, like, nails the ceiling, because he, I guess he always got called nails or whatever.
0: Yeah, that was his nickname.
1: And he was just insane, and people were like, man, he looks like he's dying, and I feel so bad. And I'm like, did you watch the press conference? He dove over a table to try to kill angry bagel guy for no reason. That, like,
0: would, that would actually be, like, the best thing that he's done since he retired from yeah. baseball.
1: So... What I wanted to do was I know this is cross sport, but a little bit of our starting five of kind of who are the athletes that went insane in a way that really doesn't make sense. So I don't want to, you know, talk about anybody like Andrew Luck who has legitimate like reasons why they would want to like retire or anything. There are a lot of people in sports that just went off the fucking rocker. And I wanted I'm kind of curious between me and Bobby, who are starting five of just like Legitimately off the rails, athletes would be, and I, Lenny Dykstra has got to be number one on there, or not necessarily number one, but he's got to be on the list. I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, the the number one for me right now is pretty clear cut. It's uh, Larry Johnson. Yeah, Larry Form, Johnson, former Penn State and Kansas uh, City Chiefs running back. Um, he was amazing to watch. Like he was one of the best fantasy football players of all time. Like at the same time as Ladainian Tomlinson was. And now he's tweeting about how the gay Illuminati have... <laughs> yeah. They're making people shoot more three-pointers in the NBA. Yeah, and, and
1: making the NBA infeminate by making it so it's less dunks and more threes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, he talked
0: about how players... He said the fashion show on the way to and from the locker room.
1: Yeah, it, it was just like... It was not just a homophobic rant, it was also just so galaxy brain. galaxy brain, yeah. It didn't make any sense on any level, so he, like, out of nowhere, I was like, I didn't know Larry Johnson was crazy. My next addition is Dennis Rodman, which isn't surprising anybody. Dennis Rodman was kind of crazy, like, when he played. And the reason why I'm not adding, or the reason I'm adding him is not even the North Korea stuff, it's because I watched Dennis Rodman on The Eric Andre Show. The Eric Andre Show, the whole point of it is he... Brings people on, and he pranks and scares and confuses them the entire show. And at one point, Dennis Rodman is talking about I don't know what. And Eric Andre just sitting back, which is not Eric Andre's method, if you know Eric Andre at all. He's just sitting back watching Dennis Rodman talk. And Eric Andre's whole thing is chaos. And at the end of Dennis Rodman talking, he goes, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) So if you are able to make Eric Andre even go what's going on you have to be like on some other bat shit level crazy like you know
0: yeah universe you know what i just remembered and this may have been like more of a one-off thing but it was so crazy when todd Bertuzzi was playing for the vancouver canucks and he chased a dude down and just fucking smoked him with his hockey stick and i think he got like charged for assault for it
1: yeah that well that was actually the thing is like There are certain things that are, like, just so egregious you can still get charged, like, obviously, but I don't remember that one as much.
0: I think he got suspended for, like, two years and then came back on the Red Wings and was, like, good again.
1: Yeah, I don't know that one as much because, you know, I don't watch hockey, but, I mean, the whole malice in the palace, like, Ron Artest went into the crowd and punched a fan that might not even have been the fan that threw with the water. Yeah, God, and... we
0: just walk around every day and, like, that happened, and we don't talk about it every single day. Yeah, somehow. and
1: he changed his name to Metal World Peace, and then he changed his name to the Panda's friend played in China, and then he came back to the Lakers.
0: I was just thinking about that, because <laughs> I was thinking about, like, the 70s, and... I think it was a really weird way that I got there. I think I, like, saw the pictures of Harry Styles in the Rolling Stone. Yeah. This this month and was like, oh, he's just like the 70s. 70s are so weird. (laughs) Oh, there was a guy named World Be Free. That would never happen anymore. Oh, wait, it did. (laughs) Yes, we on our test changes named Meta World Peace.
1: And then some dude in a league that was just so bizarre. And then I think he might have just died or there was a scare. Like, he hate me was in the XFL. Like, and that was like his whole thing was like, everybody knew who he was, and he was the only XFL player anybody knew who he was, because literally on his jersey, his name was He Hate Me.
0: Yeah, he ended up playing for the Eagles. Yeah, like... Ron, I mean, Ar- Ron Artest did... Um, has pretty well documented mental health issues.
1: Yeah, like. and I think Ron Artest has actually done a lot better, and like actually, yeah. I think Ron Artest now is good.
0: Shouted out his therapist after the Lakers won a title. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I, I've
1: got no qual I wouldn't put Ron Artest on our starting five. I think Ron Artest went through a lot and like actually addressed it and like did a lot of great things for himself yeah but um but, but it just is, the mouse and the palace itself was just like one of the craziest things in sports like yeah i,
0: I was just thinking about not only Ron Artest test but um royce white
1: yeah where people thought he was like insane and stuff well like, he
0: i think he's bipolar yeah. i could be wrong about that he has something and he also is terrified of airplanes. Yeah. So he like couldn't play every game because he couldn't fly to every game, and it's it's the times obviously have changed. People are more open to um, understanding that players deal with mental health issues, anxiety, yeah, bipolar disorder, whatever. But there's a whole there's a whole laundry list of guys before Kevin Love who aren't handsome and white and who. We could have learned from, but the messaging was so weird that we just kind of wrote them off. Royce White, Ron Artest, Delonte West. There's so many lessons to be learned about the way these things affect people and the way that the intersection of that and money and fame can just be disastrous and lead to a guy riding a motorcycle with a whole arsenal of weapons. Yeah, But we just didn't because it was off-putting and uncomfortable yeah and we, but thank god we're more open to it now but it's kind of weird that it takes a handsome white guy writing a player the yeah, be and then you ballot. talk
1: rewind to larry johnson like the nba used to be the biggest mess ever it was everybody was on coke everybody like they came down hard on Allen iverson the way that he dressed which was a racially charged, like, reason that, like, made a dress code for games. Like, yep. that if you were on the sideline, you needed to wear a suit. And Stephon Marbury, that was another player that, like, maybe if he had the right mentorship, like, he never would have went to China and became the most famous player in China. Maybe he would have been, you know, one of the best players in the NBA ever. We were ignoring all these things. We weren't addressing them. We were just trying to say, everybody get in line. Let's get clean. So they put all these things. And now Larry Johnson's like look at this effeminate thing between the locker room, like, these players are now in such a healthier place where they're like, I get to express myself before the game, I get to, you know, be a person, and Larry Johnson's like, it's so effeminate, and I'm like, Allen Iverson was sitting on the fucking bench not bothering anybody, just wearing the same shit Allen Iverson wore to, like, his Hall of Fame induction where he wore jeans where everybody else wore a suit. Yeah, And then, like, David Stern was like, well, I really don't like when black people wear black people clothes, so wear a suit. And then that's what yeah. happened there.
0: The NBA, like, looked out that um, fashion has moved in a direction that is, like, less entwined with, you know, white tees and baggy pants and stuff like that. And... But it,
1: it shouldn't even have been yeah. an issue. But, like, it's just, like, it just...
0: Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. It shouldn't have been an issue at all, but... I mean, like I said, they they lucked out that um, fashion, um, it's, it's especially for like fun now. Yeah, yeah, like it's... like, like hip hop fashion as well, has moved in this direction that is more in line with um, you know like mainstream white fashion. You would say. I guess like, you're saying so... that
1: we've gentrified rap music and the NBA to the point that everything's no, I'm white.
0: just saying that the way that things <laughs> no are no moved I get what together, you're saying yeah. is
1: that we're not there was definitely a culture clash where like David Stern was like, I need to make this league like a fucking professional business. And you know, there is players who are just like, look, I play, I just want to be myself. And then there was a lot of racial stuff that like, you know, underlied it all. And now we're in a place where we're like, Hey, like these people are our people. And we as millennials or whatever, want to have fucking sympathy for the players. Like, Man, fucking lock me up. Like, I'm the worst fan in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I really don't care if, you know, if the Eagles win a Super Bowl again, if it means that one of my favorite players, like, completely breaks his brain. Like, if you said to me, hey, Eagles could win the Super Bowl this year, but, like, on the last play of the game is going to be the game-winning touchdown, and Carson Wentz is going to get hit so hard that his brain's going to explode, I would say,
0: Lenny Dykstra.
1: I would, I said, I would say no. Like, I, and I do, I have no regrets about that. I know Eagles fans who would yell at me and say, we could kill Carson tomorrow
0: for another Super Bowl. Yeah. I remember. It's for, also a lot easier to say that since we have one now.
1: Yeah. And, but there was even points before we won one where I like, was like mentally, like I was so in love with Markel Fultz, um, fuck him now, where people were like, what would you rather have an Eagles Super Bowl or Markel Fultz healthy? And I would say Markel Fultz healthy, like for a while. Because it was just, like, such a mental thing with me where it's like, yeah, we had the mental anguish of the Eagles Super Bowl, but I figured at some point, some way, you know, they're going to win a Super Bowl. Markel Foltz was, like, me, like, falling in love with finally, you know, we get that pick that I really wanted, and then he went insane.
0: Yeah, that's another... He didn't go
1: insane. His shoulder did, and then he couldn't use it. That
0: dovetails nicely with uh, (laughs) the athletes going off the rails conversation we were having. Yeah,
1: he might actually be on that list, because he just doesn't get it like you could talk about like Lonzo Ball is actually one of like the calmest and nicest people in the world his father's insane but Lonzo there's nothing wrong yeah. with
0: it now that he's now that him and Brandon Ingram aren't on the Lakers anymore like I'm rooting so hard for them yeah
1: <laughs> they're Lonzo I even kind of wanted them on the Sixers to some degree and now at this point obviously would have rather have had him over Markel Fultz yeah because Markel Fultz is a zero at least Lonzo Ball was traded in some manner for Anthony Davis I don't I know he wasn't the headliner but like he had enough value that somebody said, yeah, give us Lonzo Ball. But, yeah. you know...
0: That's so interesting that he raised these, like, basketball robots. Yeah. B- but he's just, like, good at passing and defense. Yeah. Like, you would expect <laughs> it to be, like... you. I think, to me, like, if you have someone that's raised like that, I expect it to be, like, Pistol Pete. Yeah, where yeah. he's, like, super flashy and the score and everything. But Lonzo's just, like, good at passing and defense. Yeah, and I've seen, like... <laughs> I think part of that is because his dad stinks at teaching people how to shoot
1: yeah but. i've actually seen like that dad in the gym too like yelling at a kid that's like clearly in elementary school like nope you fucked it up like i i was scared i wanted to step in but i was like this guy might beat me up and become my dad and then i have to train with him every fucking yeah. day
0: you would th- you would think that markel <laughs> Foltz's dad was lavar ball
1: yeah like if you just like didn't have any contacts but it's his mom and his mom is like that's... was paranoid to the point she was putting cameras in so, again, I don't know if I could put Markel Foltz on there because he was just surrounded by bad people. Like, it sounds like Markel Foltz was, when he first came out, it was like, yeah, I, I just, like, live with my mom and my sister. And, like, we just, you know, build ourselves up together. He was the exact opposite of Lonzo. Lonzo was like, our family's actually kind of rich. And we got all, the, like, the resources. And Lonzo ended up being, like, the nicest guy ever. And Markel was supposed to be, like, the humble kid who, like, built himself up to be the number one pick. And he was subtweeting the team.
0: Yeah, it's just weird.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if that's like nature versus nurture. I don't know if I'm ready to put him on the list, but he's in consideration too. So we got like definitely Larry Johnson, Dennis Rodman. um, Nails. Yeah, nails Dykstra.
0: Maybe Todd Bertuzzi for one. Yeah, maybe Todd Bertuzzi for one moment in time.
1: Um, and then Kyrie's getting there. I don't think he's there yet. But if he keeps like
0: Kyrie is like. The Elon Musk of the NBA, kind of. Yeah. He's just, like, is so desperate for people to, like, know that he's smart that he he's ends just up saying being shit. really <laughs> like, dumb. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and then there's, I mean, we're probably forgetting so many players that went off the rails, especially because you and I are more basketball than, like, some other sports. But, I mean...
0: Yeah. It's also because we're just sort of coming up with this off the top of our heads right now.
1: Yeah, but, I, I mean, it's just... It's a conversation nobody's ever having, and... The funny thing was, we used to love the guys like Dykstra, and obviously our test, we kind of said, you know, he worked through it. We used to love watching those guys because we were like, yeah, they're animals, like look at them, get at it, they're like... And now we're looking back and we're just like, can we make sure everybody's okay? <laughs> yeah. So, that's really the only theme of this so, episode. It's, it's just a weird like, place
0: to be a sports fans. Yeah,
1: we're just like, it's hard to watch sports anymore because, you know so many people are worried about the outcome and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, yeah, I want the Sixers to win the championship, but I legitimately want Joel Embiid to be healthy and have a hall of fame career because I love Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah. It's like you want both and you're not going to get both probably. Yeah. So you need to find out like, I think ideally we would be totally on the side of the players but I don't think that we are. Because we, yeah. we grew up, we, we've loved these teams for um, our entire lives. And so that's ingrained in us. So yeah. we're not we're not going to be totally on the side of the players. Carson
1: Wentz, I'm still upset he didn't win the Super Bowl. But Nick Foles won the Super Bowl and I yell big dick Nick at people. Yeah, I feel bad for Carson Wentz. I feel bad for Darren Sproles. I feel bad for Jason Peters. There are three players that I think I wanted those guys to get Super Bowls. They played in and contributed because they were great Two of them great players through their whole careers would be a Hall of Fame. One of them just the quarterback that made me fall in love with football again. I want them to get a championship ring, and they could this year if they do it again because all those players are back. And there is a thing for me where I love players, but at the end of the day, like, Big Nick, big Dick Nick can win the Super Bowl. Fuck you, Carson. Big Nick Nick gets it. Like, I, it's it's just at the end of the day, yeah. I don't know where my loyalty is going to lie, but we all want championships, and we all want our players yeah. to be happy and win accolades, but our... they don't always mix up.
0: Our um, empathy for players is compromised by our fandom, yeah. I would say, and I've I've heard talk about younger generations like uh, Gen Z people not really following the NBA teams and just like being fans of players, and I don't know maybe that's a, maybe that is a better way to do it because yeah. then you actually can just want the best for them yeah. without I, having this compromise of also wanting the best for this specific team and not just his that player's team
1: and the mlb is weird or nba is weird because it is the one sport and i think that's another like mental health thing where they embraced fun they embraced internationality but it is definitely the only sport where you could see me show up somewhere and i'm wearing the jersey of some other player on some other team and other people like oh man you got that jersey or if I showed up to an Eagles t- tailgate and I was wearing like a jersey from a team that we've never even had a single beef with, people might punch me in the face.
0: Yeah, I actually like, saw uh, Made in America is this weekend in Philadelphia, so there are teens just swarming yeah. the city. I saw a kid wearing a uh, Dwayne Wade like Miami Vice jersey. Yeah, and I thought of you.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I own the Dwayne Wade Miami Vice <laughs> jersey, and I hate the Heat. I have some problems with Dwayne Wade, but I was like, "This is cool." Yes, yeah, pretty. Sick. I <laughs> I have the the Vince Carter um, Raptors jersey, and then the Raptors beat us in the playoffs. Of course, I didn't want anybody to know that, but that's one of the coolest jerseys ever. It's the purple old Raptors jersey, and yeah. I think I saw a kid going to Maine, America, either wearing McGrady or um, Vince Carter himself, and like those are so cool collectors things. In the NBA, we can embrace that, and like we we love individual players. Like me, and Bobby wants the Sixers to win, but. We still love watching Giannis play. Yeah, we still want to watch LeBron like be the best player in the world. We want Kevin Durant to get healthy and watch him and Kyrie do cool things. We just want them to happen to lose when they play the Sixers.
0: Yeah, it's like fantasy sports on this. Like, yeah, then, like if you have a running back that's playing against the Eagles, you hope that he rushes for two hundred yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, then, <laughs> but the Eagles and then the they <laughs> lose by a field goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and I, and the, there's so much mental aspect to sports, but I, I think really it, it's it's very easily. Like, the NBA is the one that's got it figured out. And the NFL is regressing hard. The MLB is trying things, but they're like, they keep fucking it up. Like, they're like, yeah, let the kids play. And then as soon as the kids play, it's like, oh, no. And then the NHL has just, like, been screwing people over for years. And it's so, please like my sport. We're tough. We're going to keep fighting. And it's just. And I <laughs> love so many people who love the NHL. And they admit the same thing where they're like, man, I wish my sport would, like, embrace these cool things.
0: Yeah, or wish that their fans weren't so didn't have such a complex about people not liking it.
1: Or baseball like everybody in the world should know who Mike Trout is and there's people who probably know. And it's this is the player I always bring up every single time. Bobby's heard this player every single time. One because it's a player that I actually love, but two because he got the most ridiculous contract ever and people always point to it is Evan Turner. More people know who Evan Turner is than Mike Trout. Yeah. That is absolutely true. I 100%. would be willing to put money on that.
0: No, I'd, I'd bet that you're right.
1: Yeah. Mike Trout is the best baseball player potentially of all time. The numbers support it. I'm not being facetious. He's yeah. better than Babe Ruth. Like Even if Babe Ruth, like, justing for the fact that Babe Ruth played against some mailboxes or some shit. Like, Mike Trout's the best player of all time. Evan Turner is not even the best role player of all time.
0: He's not even the best role player on his team, probably. Yeah. He's still on the Blazers?
1: No, I got traded to the Hawks, which is even weirder, because sure. they're not that good of a team. He's still not the best role player on the Hawks. They're, like, not there yet.
0: Like, they're going to be fun this Evan week.
1: Turner is not a player that anybody should really concern themselves with, and more people know who he is than the best player in baseball of all time. And that's just weird. It is weird. But, you know, that that's kind of what we were hitting on today is just, like, Sports are just this weird mental health thing and people gotta stop. People people gotta stop doing this shit where like somebody in the NBA gets a big contract and like, well they're getting paid more than the highest QB and I'm like, well then tell the fucking owner to give the players more money in the NFL. Don't get mad at the NBA for giving the players the money.
0: Just get mad at everyone for making more money than our troops. <laughs> yeah. Happy Labor Day weekend. Thank you, troops. Yes,
1: thank you, troops. <laughs> uh, I think that's the whole point. Uh Bobby with that. We, we no, wouldn't be able to make... have
0: unions if we yeah. didn't have troops.
1: <laughs> yeah. Bobby, on that note, then, you just plug the troops. Anything else you'd like to plug?
0: Uh, Yeah. Read uh, my Sixers writing on the fifth quarter. Read my other writing if I ever do any. <laughs> Class is boring. Uh, follow me on Twitter at booby underscore styles. Uh, Cody, you have plugs?
1: uh i'm just gonna replug bobby because i think what he's doing at the fifth quarter so far i've only read the two articles that i think you've only put out two right now
0: so uh far. three
1: okay maybe i missed the third i think you've been doing great the third I one was
0: me. i i was writing it here when we were supposed oh, to be oh, yeah, recording yeah, yeah, on yeah. thursday
1: yeah <laughs> so bobby has started um release those and i think he's done an amazing job with it again we're not X and O guys so they're very interesting and entertaining articles but please go back to His Class is Born um, blog, just honestly to be a fan, but scroll back to the one about Death on the Timeline, because I think that one was very well written and very, a little bit more serious. Yeah, um,
0: we'll tweet that out too.
1: Yeah, and um, from my end, I'm I'm Twitching more, so I definitely want people to check out my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Coderan. I think I'm like 10 followers away from affiliate, which gets me like a little bit more, um, you know, freedom on the, the app and like I can start making money or something, not that that's my goal, but... Just kind of doing that. That, doing is, my, that is your goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd <laughs> of course cool that's your make, goal. <laughs> be cool to make money off the podcast and the video games. Like that's what I want to do. But you know, I'm doing that for fun too, and I'm really getting back into it, enjoying it, and working on myself. You know, pills have been changing a lot. And
0: yeah, we'll have, my, more, we'll have more to talk about. Yeah,
1: there's definitely going to be more to talk about as things come. Because Cody's having a lot of crazy things, <laughs> and there was a, a weird work development I won't talk about just for the privacy my own work stuff but like the good
0: thing about cody's uh mental health struggles is that they are a wellspring of content for a mental health podcast
1: and they're all cyclical so they all like i'm not bipolar but i ride waves enough that we can like always pull from something everything
0: that has ever happened will happen again
1: yes and i remember every bad thing that's ever happened to me because that's the person i am don't we all yeah so thanks so much for listening to Neurotica. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at Neurotica the Pod. Um, you can find us on pretty much every podcast app. We're going to try to get it on Spotify. I know people want that. Um, we know there's three Neurotica podcasts, but we're the only one that matters. So look for our logo. And thanks so much for giving us a listen. Have a good one.